July 21st, 2009, it's the Watt from Pedro Show.
Look at this figure of a man on horseback. His turban with gold thread striking a gallant pose, asking, Where is death? Show me. He seems powerful, but he's a fake. Death attacks from six sides. Hello, jackass. Where's your famous magnetism now? Where's your temperament? The jokes you told, the carpets you gave relatives. It's not enough to spend your life turning bread into dung. We are pawing through manure to find pearls. There are people with the light of God on them. Serve those. Don't trivialize any suffering. I say this to myself. I am that mounted man, his illusion. How long shall I keep pointing to others? Shams of Tabriz is a fountain. We wash in the water of his eyes. Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, special one. Have we ever done one here? No. Yeah, this is the first time ever. I mean, we're st- we're in Pedro, but we're not at Brother Matt's I Love Grotto. We're not at Watt's Pad. We're at Miss Talia's Pad. On Black Hill. On Black Hill in Pedro. Probably a lot of Pedro people don't even know of these parts. Kind of may be driven by because the freeway's right by mm-hmm. in the road from the um, Vincent Thomas Bridge they're coming from Long Beach or turn around but uh, I don't think they've driven around here a lot uh, oh we started the show off with Sean Coltrane doing Focus on Sanity which is my slogan <laughs> the show and then we heard Coleman Barks reading some of Rumi a poem called Mounted Man. Rumi was a Sufi poet from around 700 years ago and what lived in a place what's now known as Afghanistan. And he wrote very beautiful poems. Uh, Sufis was kind of mystic spirit people. And uh, amazing stuff. And Coleman Barks, uh, some about his voice and there's also a little bit of music behind I gotta thank uh, Captain Pleased for flowing this to me yeah the music's kind of Gaelic so it's a weird mix but this is what I I believe my opinion arts are for is blended cultures and experiences and stuff and uh, yeah fighting against the tendency to want to inbreed Right. Now, I'll tell you, how long have you been here? Talia hasn't been in Black Hill her whole Pedro life. I think I've been here about five years. Five years now. Yeah. 
because you used to be by the Love Grotto on the Pleasure right, Point. Twelve years over there. Twelve years, right near, like right down. Maybe the block. one, one or two blocks. One block. One block. Yeah. <laughs> Closer to the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a whole different climate in this part mm-hmm. than the south part of Pedro. North part of Pedro maybe a little warmer. It's hot. Over here. <laughs> I have two air conditioners going right now. Yeah, so if you hear that sound, there's also, to balance that, we have birds. Uh, <laughs> amongst other animals. You know, today, uh, yeah, amongst other ones, but they're m- a little more quiet. Mr. Peabody is, uh, he's cool he wanted off. to be part of the <laughs> scene, but now he's sauntered off. And there's two uh, chicos, chica gat- gatitos. See. Sí. <laughs> Yeah, and they're just loving each other. Look at that. Cleaning and playing. Wow. Looks like one's older than the other, or is one a runt? One's older than the other. One is older, yeah. yeah. But they're still both pretty young. Yeah. Look at that. One of them is only eight weeks old. Wow. The other one's like a year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so much younger. But, you know, the year one is taking care of her. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I think I need to keep an eye on them still. Yeah, but still, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I get the, a little one crying. <laughs> yeah, because the... They're getting a little too aggressive. The, the nails come out. Now, you used to have a gato that somebody pulled the nails out of. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I didn't do that. No, I know you did. I know you did. You got... Well, actually, you thought it was a boy. I did. Turned out to be a, it was the Tommy cat. And that happened to me again. The mother of the kittens <laughs> thought it was a boy. And then all of a sudden there was babies. Yeah, like, I'm whoops. really bad at knowing that. I guess. <laughs> Gender. <laughs> Some birds are hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Nanny told me that. You know the ones that. A lot of birds. Yeah, the males more outrageous and flamboyant, so it's easy. In fact, you get that turkey picture I float? Yeah. Is that intense? That is an intense looking one. That's all to attract the lady. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's very colorful. And they can change with their emotions. Oh. The blue and the reds yeah. and the whites and that red waddle thing and the bumps. That is a trippy... Yeah. And he was puffing his feathers out around me, big brown and white. Beautiful. The Indians, uh, native... People's use those things for the bond. Of course, mm-hmm. the eagle was for, you know, patrol and stuff. But like, a little down further down the pyramid, they used the turkey feathers, mm-hmm. and they would do them like that. The way the fan and the tail, mm-hmm. it's intense. And he was puffing them all out and walking around me like, you know. Wasn't that the original national bird? That's what Franklin bird. wanted to use. Yeah. But those kind, the one that they flowed the shot, those are the kind of we chow in there. They're from uh, Europe kind, mix. Oh, they're different. And yeah, the U.S. one is a wild one uh, and not so round. More tall and actually oh. pretty strong. And I saw two wild ones once I was on tour. Came out of the woods. It actually was in New Jersey near Lambertville where Bob Lee was from, black gang drummer. Mm-hmm. And man, they were huge. Big, strong. There's a few loud. All right. And much different. They're like on the bottle. On the wild turkey bottle, you'll see those. Mm-hmm. Not look, these, you know, they got domesticated more for chowing and. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like these other guys, big, strong, hardy, you know, big fighting and bird, still and, wild. and also there was a lot of eagles 
used in Europe crests. And so Franklin thought, although the bald eagle is pretty impressive, very impressive uh, animal, uh, it was, it's used on, and that's why it's on a lot of the Europe crests. So he thought, hey, why don't we use something distinctive, you know, like the American turkey, but it got voted down. Is Okay, so they have turkeys in Europe also. Yeah, but different, different breed. Different. Maybe, maybe it got brought back over. Maybe it's indigenous. I gotta look that up because I, I hate spreading yeah. ignorant stuff. But I know Franklin <laughs> did wanna uh, make it our bird, and they're trippy, trippy creatures. But the the point was like it's easy to tell some birds with the flamboyant males. Like a cardinal, bright red, the man and the woman, more plain to hide in the... Hummingbird. To hide the, yeah, to hide the uh, nests. Now, now, but all birds aren't like that. Some (laughs) birds, like crows, same. Aren't the males usually bigger? I don't think so. I know with the eagle, the woman can be bigger than the man. Oh. Yeah, with the bald eagle, not flamboyant. Both same, white hood. Exactly the same. Beautiful, yeah. Big yellow beak. I had one fly over me, man. We were driving, and uh, I hollered to the dudes, but they looked at the window too. I was driving, of course, I have to work. One came up over, man. It was, oh my God. They're intense. Right over, right over. I mean, you know, it was trippy. In the distance, there was little ones, little birds, not eagles, but around this guy. He was so much bigger, and as it got closer, it was like, oh, Man, I go eagle! And my dudes woke up, Raul and Tom, you know, came right over. I mean, massive, massive. I saw another one. Actually, it was the third time. I saw once, all the time in the boat. Only one time wasn't so uh, romantic. It was, I came around the corner and it was eating roadkill. Yeah, because they do that too. They're not, they're not like hawks that they have to be living. I think they, Kind of the turkey vulture thing. I guess the good thing about roadkill provides food for a while. Yeah, but it must be all poisoned after getting run over. They tried poisoning turkey vultures, strychnine, and not even a pound of it could do it. These guys, they built up immunities because they just hover around freeways and they wail on these, uh, you know, what gets hit. These animals, like deers and stuff, they've been running on these trails for thousands and thousands of years. They don't understand roads. Right. You know, so it's it's hard for them. Difficult thing. Del- delicate balances nature. Yeah. Like we got a bird now, the cormorant. Uh-huh. Call it ooh over there. The Asia bird. Uh-huh. And no balance. And it's kind of... It's they call it invasive species. But it came oh, over here. You've seen them. They're down there by yeah. the Royal Palms in the harbor. Mm-hmm. They don't really have an enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, no balance. In Asia, they put rings around their necks and used to fish with them. So they couldn't swallow the fish. They had a little string on them. Oh. Old days. It was trippy. I was on tour a year and a half ago in Japan. Went into Gifu Prefecture. Eiko-san's town is Gifu Prefecture. Sort of what we call a state. And their symbol on the big sign was a comorap sending, you know how they send their wings? I said, I know that bird. Then stopped at the gas station. They had chow pads, and the windows were stuffed with. So. I saved them once. Really? I was walking down Cabrillo Beach, yeah. and there was one sitting. And he had a hook 
hanging out of his oh. claw. I guess you yeah. call it a claw. And Foot. I could tell he was just miserable. Yeah. And I, I just instinctively went to him and just put my arms around him and held him. And he didn't go and off? He didn't try to get away. He didn't wow. freak out. And I walked over to the Cabrillo Beach Museum. And I found a lady who said she'd take him up to the bird sanctuary. The bird, yeah, by the seal. But it was amazing how that There's bird There's a lot of seals at that mammal rescue, Marie Morello. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Nanny had a horrible story about a cormorant. <laughs> this one was being nursed, and they put it in a box. And there was a hole in the box. That's when Nanny told me, okay? And the lady looked into the box, <gasps> and the bird went wild and... Poked the poked. beak out, poked her eye out into her skull, and killed her. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Something. That is so. Oh. That's. Cr- oh my god! But it was trapped in the box and feeling freaked out, and she went and looked in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, let's play some music.
country awakened to danger and called to defend freedom. America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world. The resolve of our great nation is being tested. Make no mistake. We will show the world that we will pass this test. This enemy attack not just our people, but all freedom-loving people everywhere in the world. The United States of America will use all the resources to conquer this enemy. God bless America. We will rally the world. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.
Watford Pedro show. Uh, we played some homebrew there, some local music. In fact, from our host here, Taya, who is the brains and uh, beauty behind Sola Musica. And we heard Fonda You. Then we heard Skyscrapers by Terristas. America by Sonic Noise Terrace and then something new from Sonic Youth of their uh, what's that album called? The Eternal and that song was anti-orgasm a kind of political statement I think now uh, what about that proj? The fo- Fond of You? yeah because solo music is umbrella name Talia uses for all her music yeah. But the, the, the pieces are like their own projects, right? Right, right. This particular project, Fond of You, was um, a result, as a result of my frustration out of not having a drummer and wanting to make beats. Yeah. So I just went through my iTunes collection of songs and pieced sounds from different songs that Appropriated. I found. Appropriated. Yes. And including some of my own, some yeah. that I've written yeah. and that friends have done or... or Actually, some I have no idea who they were. There was no name to the yeah. song, so it's just a number. So I pieced it together, and that's the result. And once you get the beat, you layered up the stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And wow, it was a lot of fun. A little frustrating, but fun. And I'm surprised. Well, maybe you could vent. <laughs> vent. Yeah, vent some of the frustration by creating. With yeah, the it was. Yeah, yeah. that's like therapy. <laughs> therapy. Now, uh, what about? This, uh, yeah. It's funny that you found that. I yeah. haven't told anyone about that project. I just... But it's like a little secret band I have. Um, I, it's a, it's me playing bass, a friend playing the drums, another flame, friend playing the guitar, and I want to remain anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> and anonymous friends. They're, uh, they're anonymous friends, and they're anonymous musicians, and uh, they just got together with me to play music and we recorded a bunch of songs and that's I had no idea yeah but skyscrapers that actually is just me um, on my keyboard just layering sounds of keyboard that's just me you were gonna play a, uh, we were gonna play another song yes right yes uh, is it a work in progress still? it's a work it's in too progress early. yeah okay. I've decided it's not finished yet yeah yeah next time even had the flash drive in the machine, but then the, <laughs> the, the court plug was pulled. That's okay. Um, but uh, doing it, remember when we did a little pit? We had to go to a studio. Yeah. We had to practice the song, right. get it all together. Yeah. Now with this new technology, don't even have to leave the pad. I know. Yeah. I, I've literally written songs while lying in bed. Wow. Half asleep. <laughs> and you can share with people without having to even be in the <laughs> same room or town or anything. You don't have to leave the house. <laughs> you <don't like> that. <laughs> unless you want to do live shows, unless you do them from your home, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Still challenging to be original and stuff. But yeah. the, the tools you have to be to take on that challenge now may be more open mm-hmm. than the older days. That was t- 10 years ago right, when we did that, right? Yes. A little more than that. A little more? <laughs> you know, I was uh, yet today, uh, the Peck Manor on 15th, the old. Yeah, George Peck, 
lived in. I mean, oh, I it's, know it's a bunch place. of different. Pat Raul yeah. lives there. In, oh, in, oh, yeah. His buddy yeah. Kevin, they, they play in Killer Dreamer, but they also mm-hmm. made this Cali Mucho studio in there. Mm-hmm. And they've been recording uh, 10 different put together bands to redo these reactionary songs. There was a practice tape of the reactionaries, only recording the reactionaries, which was the band that went on to become, well, three of the members became the Minutemen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a practice tape with 10 tunes. And uh, they got a hold of this. Well, it's up on corndogs.org. And Craig Gabara got this idea. Let's have some people involved with Pedro C. Nowadays do versions of these songs. Oh, wow. That's great. Randomly put the bands together. They picked names out of a hat or something. I got picked to play bass on 1979. That's when this stuff was really done. And there was a song called that. I mean, the reactionaries. Reactionaries was D. Boone, George Hurley, Martin Tamburovich, and myself. And um, Sunday, I went over and played bass. Dirk Vandenberg on drums, and Kevin. Kevin Carl was on the uh, guitar. Actually, uh, Jacob, Adam Gaxiola's uh-huh. brother. Yeah. He never ran the machine. He was running the machine, had some surveys. One of the versions got erased. It was okay, though. Well, it's, it's an old uh, TIAC 8-track machine with tape, you know, and the counter's not accurate, and it, okay. you didn't know where it was. Yeah. In fact, the song, I also got chosen to be sing one of the songs. So I'm a bass on 1979, and then I'm going to sing it on this song called Video Madonna. Now, I wrote the music to all ten of these, and I wrote words to seven of them. Now, these are the first songs I, I wrote one song as a teenager. How He's 20 years old with reactionaries. And uh, this is 31 years ago. And it's the first... I wrote one song as a teenager called Mr. Bass King Outer Space. And then I tried writing songs with the punk thing. You know, these guys were doing it, so I tried. D. Boone did too, but he wouldn't show them to the reactionaries. He's he saying... But... Uh, these are terrible. My songs are terrible. I mean, you have to start with something, you know. The <laughs> words I read these and, and the music. Oh my God, we because we were well, you know, we would learning off records and going to arena rock gigs, and then we see these punk bands in Hollywood. We want to kind of play like them, so not very original at all. Trying to sound like the Bags or I don't know. We we're trying plugs. Plugs were great. There were a lot of good bands up there, and they were very inspiring. But we weren't brave enough to try our own sound yet. This stuff doesn't sound like Minutemen. And uh, one of the songs, the song I sang today, was Video Madonna. Now, this is five, six years before Madonna's on the scene. I was thinking of Madonna like Mary. Yeah, and and praying to a shrine like the television's a shrine. But I know no one can hear that now without thinking of Madonna. She's huge in everybody's mind. But I had no idea. Nobody knew. You know, we didn't know. Kay turned me on to Madonna. You know, maybe 84. So I knew about her about five years after I wrote this. But I can imagine what people are thinking. And it's it's some corny-ass words anyway. But it's, it's, it's a nice. Vince LaFarga... Sang with me. He played the guitar. Oh, that's cool. I think the bass was uh, the Killer Dreamer bass guy. 
Tony Tani. And the drummer is Raul. Nice. Yeah, I think those are the musicians on it. Yeah, it's neat them giving tribute to the to reactionaries. Hear this. this is gonna be good. And them also learning how to record and stuff. It's mm-hmm. very much spirit. I think the Minutemen would be practically yeah. proud of being part of. At that time, God, there was. Although the guy who came in to sing Sunday to sing 1979, the one I played bass on, was uh, Jack Brewer, who was from them days. He's Wilmington, but mm-hmm. Sacramento Trust goes backward. I think Joe Bice is on a song with George Hurley. The innuendo. I just didn't know how to... I mean, I still write some corny songs. <laughs> but man, they were really bad these days. <laughs> well, somebody likes them, obviously. Well, yeah, this guy's a very kind. <laughs> and like I said, it's, it kind of goes back. It's a connection to the older days yeah. when there was hardly any scene. Right. God, there was... Nowadays, you know, but their scene's been going 10 years at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Early 90s? Yeah, maybe 15 years. Yeah, maybe more, yeah, actually. Yeah. I mean, so I in the way, they're like old... High school. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they're old-timers. Yeah. Were they, they playing they in high school? school? Yeah, Craig Ibarra played at a no my 16-year-old's uh, birthday party as punk band. Yeah. With Vinny Vegas? <laughs> yeah. Vinny I think Vegas he's on one of the songs. He's wearing he wearing a, a little thong. elephant thing. <laughs> he played bass, yeah, almost yeah. naked. <laughs> Okay, and that's maybe late 80s. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. I'm bad at So they're almost this. old-timers. Yeah, they are. I think they're, well, they're the second generation. Yeah, right. And then um, there's a third generation. Kill Dreamer, I think, is like the third yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah, they're like third. And those are like people moving to Pedro. Yeah. Like Kevin's actually from Anaheim. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have come here. Which is interesting. It's a great town. Uh, it's a special place. Yeah, yeah. And so, this I think the album's called 1979. You know, the Clash had a song called 1977, so of course I had it. was <laughs> We put the ba- band together in 1978, uh, in the fall, or winter, with, yeah. The end of the year was coming around soon, and so, you know, it, hey, let's write one about 1979. I don't know. Like I said, not, <laughs> you have to start some baby steps. Or something. It's so embarrassing <laughs> when I hear this stuff. And in the playing, too, but didn't know. I remember my bass, I spray-painted Pedro on it. Cool. Because <laughs> a lot of people up at the Hollywood scene, they didn't really know about Pedro. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about their towns. You know, <laughs> nobody. The way L.A. is so spread out and stuff, it's not really that together. I don't know if people realize that. They fly over, it looks like one big town, but we're really all divided up, really balkanized yeah. into these little things. And especially, especially us here in San Pedro. Most Pedro guys don't know. Separated yeah, from Whittier or El Monte <laughs> or even Hermosa or something. Yeah. Or Lamita. Even though that's next door, we don't really don't know what's <laughs> going on there. PV. Well, there's nothing going on in Lamita. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But so I spray painted Pedro on my base, and uh, yeah, people thought my name was Pedro. 
I didn't think of that. Like, you know what? People <laughs> not from this town say probably San Pedro or San Pedro. You know, they right. don't say Pedro. So they don't know what you're fucking, t- you know. It's like Big Mike or something. But yeah, my name was not Pedro. Yeah. Nice name. Peter, first Pope, of course, but he's also patron uh, a fisherman, patron saint for fishermen. Yeah, I think that might have been That's why what he was doing when Jesus found him. He, he might have been fishing. I know some were doctors, some were a, a tax man, but some were fisher, fishermen. We have like three churches in this area called St. Peter's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the town. <laughs> right. So, you know. It's fisherman town. Yeah, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know the, the connection and all that, but St. Pete. I had a song... The only song I wrote for Crimeny, you know about that band? I had with Paul Rossler. It was no. just piano and bass. We when made, was this? It was in the late 80s. We made an eight-song record and a single. And the only song, and it was all Paul songs, mm-hmm. except one I wrote for us called St. Pete. And he wrote these crazy words to it. Good words. And I wrote this very drama music. <laughs> yeah. I wish you'd play that sometime. Yeah, Maybe I have. Right. You never heard it. I don't think so. Raymond I mean, did the cover. I don't think I've heard or seen it. What's it called again? Crimony. C-R-I-M-O-N-Y. No, I haven't. I took him on tour, too, with Firehose. There was this one tour, Firehose. It wasn't the whole tour, but a leg of the tour, where Crimony was opening up because DC3 was with us. And Des... And Paul had a band together. And then also Dose came out. So except for DC3, I never got off the stage. It's like, yeah, now you can play with me. Now you can play with me. It was like total weird now I think back. Did I show you that? That people were... Harbor College. Oh, yeah, see how... Fire who was playing Harbor Yeah, College. yeah, 91. Okay, but we got actually I played here before that. As Minutemen in 1980, the second gig, this is where Frank Tonchi ran away. First two Minutemen gigs was with George Hurley. Oh. Yeah, it was with <laughs> the welder named Frank Tonchi. And at this gig, it's not this gig, but he this pad, <laughs> which was above the bookstore, uh-huh. he right. ran away and left his drums. I never saw him again years till later, till Firo's days. He told me, you know, I shouldn't have stayed in the band. <laughs> It was a total freak out. Yeah. He ran away. I don't know. He said punk was too weird and shit. And he painted his drums. I later saw them drums with Rob Henley in the Darby Crash Band. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know how he got them. But we're <laughs> at the end of the first hour, though. So uh, January, uh, January, July 21st, 2009, <laughs> for Peter Show. Hold tight for hour two. July 21st, 2009. It's the second hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
hasn't, so we're making stuff up on the moment. <laughs> Help me out a little bit here. Um, so, That's what we're doing. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uno más? You guys game for another one?
from Pedro Show. Uh, many little kittens here. Three a little two-month-olds. All orange and white. Here in Talia's pad. Her buddy Sarah came by to uh, and brought her baby, two-year-old. So um, I'm back in here with the kitties though. Look, they're doing the scratches. Yeah, Mama's out here. She's she's doing that, huh? And then there's one year old. She was uh, grooming one of them. It was very adorable. Uh, I love cats. I had a cat for 14 years. When he was young, I called him boy. When he got older, I called him the man. And he was the greatest. Y'all see him on all my tour shirts. He uh, big part of my life. And he died of brain cancer maybe 10 years ago now. And I never had the heart to get another cat to share my pad with me. But, uh, like I said, he's on the torture. I think of him all the time. He was always there for me. Man, that was a great cat. Something else. Oh, you can also hear some birds. Teddy's got some uh, parakeets. In fact, in the backyard, while the music was playing, I saw she's got two ducks. <laughs> kind of a little uh, zoo here, a little animal collective. And uh, 
the ducks. It's a pair. And uh, one of them's got kind of a fro with the feathers on the head went to like kind of a plume. I should tell you the music we started the second hour off with was uh, first one there was Breakfast Choices by Department of Real Estate. And then uh, we heard Perilous Night, First Movement. That's a John Cage composition done by Tiffany Lynn. And then we heard uh, something live from an October 2nd, 2008 gig, the fourth piece of a concert, Matoka Honda, Joe Berardi, and Emily Hay. Now, um, all three of these pieces of music are kind of related because in a couple hours I'm going to go up to Echo Park and see uh, Keel Griffin, who was in the uh, Department of Real Estate, Tiffany Lynn, and Matoka Honda. All three of them are performing together some kind of a piece called Pillow. It's supposed to be music um, for pe people who can't sleep or something. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, on a improviser, well, all these people are. That always makes interesting music go to the gigs. I never know what to expect. Last week before, uh, I was playing them on a Mission Man gig for a Surfrider benefit and uh, saw a trippy I don't know all the musicians Emily Hay was with her but some cat was playing something called a war guitar a guy named Kai and it was sort of like Chapman Stick where you didn't strum you know both hands tap almost like keyboard had a bunch of strings 10 or 12 strings had like bass ones and uh treble ones, and yeah, it was incredible, and there was a guy playing um, the laptop with the samples, too. Hey, Mr. Peabody. Yeah, there's a dog, too. So a lot of animals here. So, I don't know what this gig's going to be like, but I just can imagine. I'm, uh, the idea of improvised music I mean, I do some of that stuff, and it's very difficult for me. I've done a lot of it with uh, Perkins and Nels and Banyan. Uh, in fact, this Thursday, I'm fl flying up to play a benefit with Devin Hoff, who's the bass player for Nels Client Singers. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna use one of Devin's... Now, Devin's a stand-up bass player, but he's got electric bass, too, so I'm just going to play his bass and do this gig. And... Uh, it's scary. It's by the seat of the pants. Come home Friday morning, and then uh, that Friday night I play with my missing men downtown. And then Saturday, I fly to New York City. There's a celebration for the 25th anniversary of Double Nickels on the Dime. Now, I was going to go on the 27th, but they invited me to be part of this thing, so I read some of my lyrics I wrote for the Minutemen for that album and play some songs solo bass and there's a bunch of people there going to be celebrating this probably the best record I ever played on and then but the reason I was going to go anyway because I'm going to we're going to play some music next by these people that I'm going to first record with and then do a gig in Central Park uh, Nels Klein 
Yuka Honda, Dougie Bound. And it's kind of scary. We've never played together. But we're going to get up the music for the gig and why not make a record out of it? I wrote them four songs on the bass, which is kind of like a. Yeah. When you write a song on the bass, there's at least a lot of room for the other people. <laughs> so they'll bring their thing to it. And uh, I played a gig um, with the Stooges in New York City last summer. When she came to the gig and we had Chow before. And talking about Nails. And it tripped me out that she didn't know a lot about his music, but he knew a lot about... Well, it shouldn't trip me out because he knows a lot about a lot of people's musics. So I, I told her, she could, if you really want to know Nails... And, and, you know, she plays... She has a band called If By Yes with Petra Hayden. Mm. And Petra goes way back with Nels. In fact, mm. now first time I saw Nels, he was playing Charlie Hayden, her father. Charlie Hayden Liberation Orchestra. Mm. Yeah, he's playing Spanish guitar, acoustic guitar. It's the first time I saw Nels Klein play. Blew me away. And ever since then, you know, I asked him right at, at that gig if he would open up a fire hose gig. I wanted him solo oh. Spanish guitar. Great in the caves. Wow. So she had things in common. Oops. Microphone fell down a little bit. And some uh, these things in common, but yeah, of course, not actually played. I mean, she didn't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, this came up. Matt Ward asked us to be on this gig with him. And the city puts on these uh, gigs in Central Park. And uh, wow, there's opportunity, and I'm get, getting more and more brave enough to try. Why not make a record? You got to do these things. You got to get the music up anyway for the gig. Dougie's got a little studio. He's played with all kinds of cats. He played with Iggy for a while, and a lot in common with uh, Nels. But of course, Nels knew about Dougie. <laughs> Nels is so intense. And part of it's is is generous nature, his humble nature. Mm. He's curious about other musics. Mm-hmm. He's not all tripped out on himself. So <laughs> he's got a new solo record called Coward. And we'll, and we'll play something from uh, Yuka's, one of her solo albums, and then something from Dougie. And then something from uh, his friend of Jeff Farina. Jeff Farina had this band called Karate, East Coast guy. I can't remember his current band, but he knew this lady who did a cover of a Minuteman song oh. on cella. Wow. Yeah, so we'll play that too. You have that? We're going to play. Nice. Not from Pedro Show.
Pod from Pedro Show. We just heard political song from Michael Jackson to sing by Helen Money. And then we heard uh, Carla Tampered by Dougie Bound. And the Divine Home Girl before that from Nels Klein. And uh, Night Diving by Yukahana before that. Starting it off. I don't know, what do you think of improvised music? I love it. I mean, sometimes it can be a little too much. But it's really neat to be a part of it when you're an audience or... What about making it? Because I saw... Actually, the first time I saw you make music was with a band called Linus. Yeah, and it was improvised. It was. It's a lot of fun. It was here in Pedro. I love it. (laughs) Did, did, Did that band ever record? Never. I think someone might have recorded in the audience. But a gig. Yeah. You guys never went to the studio. Never. Do you regret that? I don't know. There's something special about the way it exists now. Just in memory. Because it was improvised. Yeah. How did that band come apart? Not come apart. (laughs) Come Come, about. Come to be. Yeah. (laughs) Come come to be. Um, Come about. That's it. Jerry, actually. Jerry started the band. Jerry Trepatish is drummer, man, and he, in fact, plays in my second band. First started playing with him in Adonabees. If I have the story right, I think he created the band for me because I really wanted a band. So he. Oh, really? He got these guys together. I think there was one band. I had two bands with him. And I can't remember which one it was, but basically it was it was mostly just for fun. I think it was a reason for us all to get together and just make Who was music. in that band? Are oh they Pedro people? All right? Pedro people. Oh my god, you're gonna test me with names. <laughs> I'm the worst person with names. <laughs> well you remember Jerry Trevitich. Yeah, and there was Mike and Joe. Lions was so much fun. Yeah. We just made it up as we went along. Yeah. Were you ever scared? I I don't think so. I think I was just having fun. Yeah. It was an adventure. Like, what am I going to think of today? (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Did you ever worry about choking or that coming up with anything? I didn't care. I choked. I didn't care that I did. I mean, because... I was with friends. That's one of my fears. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I guess because I know I'm going to choke. Really? (laughs) Don't even worry about it. I just have fun. <laughs> I know. I try to keep... Because that, that'll make you choke even worse thinking you're going to choke. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing about when you choke, nobody knows it. <laughs> nobody can notice about you. With, in improvised music? Yeah. yeah, especially. Especially improvised music. I have to admit, I am afraid of playing live now. Back then, yeah. when I was younger, I was fearless. But now that I'm older, I am afraid of choking, uh, you know? But I yeah. haven't had a live show in years. Yeah. Wow. So I, ha- I mean, I'm being honest there. Like, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you want to do music, but you were more like laboratory. I, you know, I want to do live shows. Oh, really? I plan on doing them. I just haven't quite don't have a set together yet. Okay. And at the moment, it's just me. So right. I'd like there to be more than just me. But I'm willing to just play by myself too. I just don't really have a set together. Or like a laptop with your sounds? I don't want to use a laptop. Okay. I have a keyboard and a bass. Yeah. And I, I think I'm going to go buy some kind of pedal where I can sample sounds. Oh, yeah. 
and make layers. Yeah, yeah. Do a live show Petra does that. that. Nails does that. Yeah, a lot of bands do that. They figured why not? Who do I see? El May, Laura. She did that with her singing. She sang into it and then sing over herself and then yeah, do yeah. a guitar lick. Exactly. So I can do bass, keyboard, and my voice. And uh, she had a gig. It was just her. Mm-hmm. And she asked people to bring their mas. Their what? Their moms? Yeah, so I brought my ma Aww. to Hollywood. <laughs> I think I was the only one, though. I, like, I was the oldest, and then my ma was there. Like, we were the two oldest people. It's this ma. And we were right there watching, and her machine failed. What, the, the sampler? Yeah, it failed, so kind of a problem, but she couldn't do exactly what she planned, so she just used... She improvised. Yeah, she's a good musician. I think singer. it takes skill to improvise. To, to be an artist and yeah. to be able to Big go time. on with the show, even though the machine isn't working. Calls he, yeah. I want to be able to do that. That's why I don't want to use the laptop. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't well, she's done side mouse for the bands, you know. Mm-hmm. So you give her songs, we play something. She's learned that. Mm. So when it comes to her own music, some some people that can't. Oh, I'm not being not being told what to do. I don't know what to do. Mm. Amazing musicians are like that. You don't put music in front of them. They don't know what to play. Or, or just. Just they get stuck in one kind of doing music. The best thing is to do different roles. Thank you. So even though she does side mouse role, when it comes to her own music, I think that's what helped her. Mm. In some ways, some ways they let that role just take over their whole music experience, and when they're not in that role, ah, panic. It's interesting how I think everybody, if they're honest has their own personal take on music. Not everyone does it the same. Not everyone reacts the same. And that's what makes it kind of special and neat. It brings out individuality. Mm-hmm. But uh, that also goes for how you react to situation. Some people are just... They're good showbiz. You know, the show goes on, they make, you know, <laughs> lev- lemons, right. clams, whatever. They make lemonade. They don't panic and freak out and run away. Right. I remember there's this gig... It was some jam thing, no songs. And I thought it was going so bad, I could see my truck from the front door of this club. It was the Alligator Lounge in uh, West L.A. And I ran right from, yeah. I haven't done that much, but I did here. I ran right from the stage to the truck and drove back to Pedro. After the show or during the show? No, during the gig. Really? I thought it was a bunch of noise and we were abusing the crowd. Which band was this? It was... No band. It was like some put together jam thing. Wow! And it seemed like nobody was listening, and it might have been me just being insecure. And you know. oops, Mike fell again. We're trying to prop the mic on pillows here. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I can't blame them guys. It might have been me just freaking out, and then I ran. Wow. Another time, I remember it was with couple times I've had to run off to take pisses. <laughs> During so the embarrassing. show? Yeah. In the middle of a song. You'd think you'd go before you so, Yeah, or whatever. Is it a nervous I mean, piss? sometimes I've pissed myself on stage. I've shit my pants you a couple have? times. Oh, my God. Yeah, one time was in... Uh, wow. 
one time I was in New York City at Wetlands. And I hope this ain't disgust or anything, but <laughs> Jimbo, my friend, we had a barbecue and I just wasn't used to it, man. The first know the first song and I had to do that whole gig and ran down, right down my leg. And there was so much mota being smoked at this <laughs> pad that no one could no. tell. I couldn't believe like, it. Man, I so thought stupid. for sure. I was so fucking Another time it wasn't a full pant shit, it was just blowing it out. It was too intense of a note. I, I saw Murph from the dr- Dinosaur Drummer. It was We were playing in Western Mass, Northampton, or whatever it's called. Iron Horse, Iron Horse. That's right. And he comes in the door, and I go, he, you know, I saw him, hey, Murph! And when I said Murph, <laughs> like I wasn't focusing on keeping things tight. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And it was a Blue Oyster Cult song. I was hitting an intense note at the same time, too. And so after the song, I told the people, I'm sorry, but I shit myself. And some kid goes, hey, Mike. Or maybe not a kid, maybe a man. Or younger man. He said, uh, I shit myself too, Mike. But I, I think he thought I was just like an expression, figure of speech. Okay, that's, we're at the end of hour two. Uh, July 21, 2009, I bought for Pedro show old tech for hour three. July 21st, 2009. It's the third hour of the Watch from Pedro show. And here's part seven of Jack Flanders in the White Castle. Only a certified nutcase would find some out-of-the-way island to build a white elephant like this. Claudine, I don't understand what you and Jack were expecting to find here. Well, there are places on the planet where the energy is considered sacred. Ah, come on. There's nothing you can call sacred around here. Well, I was led to believe that that's what we would find. Why is this important to you? It's what we do. Are you writing a book? Well, in a sense, yeah. What does that mean? Well, we are mapping out places in the world that are special. For what purpose? Well, to save them, if we can. We? Who's this we? Those who care. Um, what did you conclude about this place? Well, it's very confusing. It certainly is that. There are too many electronics to take any accurate readings. You got instruments to read the stuff you're talking about? Yes. Jack knows about this? Well, of course. So that's what you two have been up to. Who are the people that want to know this? We just want to protect what we still have. What are you, spiritual environmentalists? Is Sanford White one of them? Well, that's why I came here. This is the kookiest case of castle fixation I've ever heard of. Can this knowledge be misused? Everything has its dark side. Uh, That's for sure. Look at religion. Oy vey. Hi, Zeebo. Domini. Don't worry. No questions. Okay. These robots take a lot of looking after. Not really. They're very stable. It seems as though you're constantly working on them. I'm just retrieving their data. Their data? I'm going for a swim. Do you... Uh, I guess you're busy. See you later. So, here's where everyone's been hiding. Welcome to the Amazon. Yeah. Well, 
Am I the only one who didn't encounter a demon last night? Mm, Jack, I wouldn't act so smug if I were you. He's unbearable when he's smug. <laughs> well, when you've met as many demons as I have, you learn to be fleet of foot. Oh, you can't run away from yourself. Oh, but isn't that what life is all about? Oh, you are impossible. Okay. Well, let's just say, I know how to feed my demon. What does that mean? Demon? That's crazy. That's the exact opposite of what you want to do. You can't indulge your demons. They'll take over your life. They'll bite the hand that feeds them. Yeah, they often do. The demons you feed are the demons that survive and thrive. What do you mean, feed your demons? I thought you were supposed to starve them. No, they just get hungrier and hungrier. What if you have an addiction demon? You're supposed to feed your addiction? There's a way to do it. Mojo, then tell us, how do you feed a demon? Okay, first off, you have to pay attention to your demon. How can you not when they're biting you? Okay, now settle down. Who got bit? Yeah, let's see a show of hands. Hands with teeth marks on them? Dominique, put your paw down. It wanted to bite me. Please, let Mojo speak. When I say pay attention, I mean don't try to ignore them. They're not going to just go away. Look, you got to fight them. And don't just keep fighting them. Mojo's right. You push them out the door, they come in under the door. You stuff something under the door, they come in through the window. Demons will be demons. So what can we do? Ah, I was waiting for that. Here's what you do. You put two chairs down, facing each other, real close. You sit in one, and you tell your demon whether you can see him or not to sit in the other one. Then you ask him... What do you want from me? What do you need from me? Wait, let me write this down. What do you want? What do you need? And then you ask your demon, how will you feel if you get what you need? They are needy things, aren't they? You can bet on that. But will the demon actually tell you what it wants? And how can you trust a demon? Okay, here's the next part. You change places. You sit in his chair... And you become the demon. Whoa, no, no way I'm going to do that. You're kidding. No, no, just Is listen. You're saying you become the demon and the demon becomes you? Isn't that dangerous? No, I'm not saying the demon becomes you. I'm saying put yourself in its shoes. Yeah, what Mojo is saying is that if you have an addiction demon, like, like alcohol, and you ask your demon what it wants, it'll tell you, I want a drink. But that's not what it really wants. Then what does it want? This is how you find out. When you put yourself in the demon's shoes, then you can answer your question. It sounds simple. It sounds crazy. My demon is way too smart to fall for that. I don't want to become a demon. Dominique, you're not going to become a demon. Is there more to this, Mojo? There's two more steps. Once they're fed, once you give them what they need, they become an ally. You mean they become your friend? A happy demon is a good ally. Really, Mojo? You ask it, how will you serve me? What pledge will you make to me? How will you protect me? And then you change places again, and you become the demon, and you answer your question. So even though they're fed, you still can't trust them to give you a straight answer. Well, don't take this too literally. They usually aren't actually sitting there in front of you. Well, mine is. Things do seem to manifest themselves in this castle. <laughs> they certainly do. So is that all there is to it, Mojo? No. The final question you want to ask it, once you've made friends with it, is 
How do I get a hold of you? And then you get their cell phone number. <laughs> no, 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 no. Make it your ally, remember? Yeah, so I gotta live with my demons for the rest of my life. Well, Mojo is saying make friends with it. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. A couple of years ago, I was in a museum in Naples. There were some frescoes they had removed from Pompeii. They were big wall paintings. Uh, little fat angels or cherubs and what looked like little satyrs or devils with hoofs and horns. And they were wrestling each other. <laughs> and you could see by the expressions on their faces, the angels and the devils were having a good time. Did it represent our spiritual and our animal nature constantly battling with each other? They, they weren't battling. They were wrestling. For them, it was a sport. Well, who won? And one fresco, by the way he was grinning, the little devil was winning. And another one, the angel had a big smile. Because he had the little devil in the headlock. <laughs> <laughs> well, you win one, you lose one. That's the way it goes. You, you mean back then it was a sport? No, I'm afraid the church has taken the sport out of it. Yeah, now it's always good versus evil. Sounds like they knew how to play back in the days of Pompeii. Where was Pompeii? It was buried by Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD. Yeah, but it goes back to about 6th century BC. Well, I agree with Mojo. I think a sense of humor is what's called for here. I don't see anything funny about demons. Well, Dominique, sometimes a demon likes a good laugh, too. Yes, and at whose expense? So, Mojo, you're saying all I have to do is find out what my demon really wants, feed it, make friends with it, and then it'll protect me? That's all you have to do. I'm supposed to believe that? Don't believe it. Just do it. This sounds really crazy. I agree. Mojo, remember back in Bali those sculptures of... Guardian gods protecting their homes? Well, those guardians look as fierce as any demon. In fact, they look just like demons. That's because if you want to scare off a bad spirit, you need something equally scary. So I'm supposed to make friends with my demons? You created them, Dominique. They're just part of your big happy family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, everyone, have fun. Oh, I hate it when he gets so smug. He may be setting himself up. <laughs> It ain't over yet. <laughs> you know, you can't always get what you want. But if I try sometime... You just might find... I'll get what I need? Oh, yeah. Sing it to me now. You can't always get what you want. <sighs> you can't always get what you want. Just what I need.
appointment of the jury. I want my notoria VIP style of unframe fantastic plasma TV. Tell me something, mister. Give it to me. I want to play that hip hop folk rock Madonna type noise. I want the hip hop folk rock Madonna type noise. Bring me Britney Spears and hot rubber toys. Watch for Pedro Show. Uh, start off the third hour. Jack Flanders in the White Castle, part seven of eleven. Thanks again, Meatball Fulton and ZBS Media. Z is in zebra. B is in beach ball. S is in submarine. Dot org org or the website. Support those people. Very creative. 38 years now making these mind movies. Much respect to you. Then we heard um, Back to Ash by Zest of Yore. And then My Swollen America by Agnes Stick. That's Chris. That's a cat who's a painter in Texas. Now, um, we're going to play some music here. Uh... Well, you know, some of my uh, favorite guys in England position normal. But they, uh, these people working with sounds electronically, like such as yourself, such as position normal, all kinds of cats, owe a lot to this lady, uh, Delia Derbyshire, who worked for the BBC. In fact, ended up composing the uh, theme song to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And I found out about her through you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a real pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we've talked a b- little about her on the show before. She, What she does here is she, uh, John Peel was a DJ at BBC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to meet him a couple times. Interesting man. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Knew about all kinds of music. He's got a lot of music played on radio to let people get a chance mm-hmm. to hear. But she works with his voice with this piece. We're going to hear after some position normal. But, I mean, what's your take on her? Well, she... She's inspiring me. The, the fact that she was fierce, fearlessly creating music in, the, in what was considered a man's world back then. And it still kind of is. Yeah. And, and the way she so eloquently held herself and created her sounds, I, I'm really inspired by her. Yeah, Talia says there's some uh, interviews with her on YouTube. She passed away about five, six years ago. But there's interviews with her, and she's quite eloquent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she makes it look so easy. <laughs> and, you know, the process, 
there was no synthesizers yet. There's no samplers. They're they're cutting tape with razor blades. They're making, uh, c having to control feedback to get oscillator sounds. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what she did. She, uh, she inspires me. She was creating sounds, yeah. creating things that no one else had created. And it was a woman. And yeah. Obviously, she made the men uncomfortable because they refused to hire I think some uh, admired her. Well, yeah, obviously. The yeah. problem is that there's a culture. It's a man's world, right? Yeah, that's the problem. They couldn't accept a woman. But as that's people. what's great about music. Yeah. Because through in or art, mm -hmm. the individual can go. People can let go of these parts of culture that are kind of chains on the mind. Even though there's some parts of culture that really help humans come together, there's other parts that keep us down a little bit. So, uh, liberation. Through uh, expression and uh, everybody making music in their room, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not from a disciplined thing of a music instrument, but using other ways to make music, mm -hmm. I think owes a little debt to this lady here. So let's mm -hmm. listen.
Rudy the sort of radiophile wife to found very reliable, boring, British, monstrous, and sweet, preposterously vacuous, and simultaneously arrogant, rowdy, musical, illiterate, lovers, scruffy, John Peel. Hello, we're making a sort of record for the BBC which features Bridget St. John and Ron Geeson and Sweet Marriage and the Radiophonic Workshop and White Lies. And I was told to try and think of all kinds of profound reasons why we are doing it, but I don't in fact have any reasons, so just listen to it instead and try and work out your own reasons. And uh, it has been said by very reliable critics that I have the most boring voice in British radio, although Pete Drummond and Mike Raven will contest this very strongly. Uh, I have a letter here which says, At a time when the BBC is claiming the need to economise, I find it monstrous that anyone who could make such preposterously vacuous and simultaneously arrogant pronouncements on rowdy musical literates should be kept on his payroll. Preposterous and scruffy moron.
Watson Pedro Show. Tell you, why don't you uh, tell them what we just heard? <clears throat> we heard Caniston from Position Normal. And then we heard uh, John Peel's Voice by Delia Derbyshire. And then we heard The In Case Live by Now. Yeah, The In Case. That's something they did live in uh, Kyoto a few months ago. They're from England, too. Um, interesting stuff. And I was just saying to tell you where we're listening to music. Uh, for all the struggle she had to go through, when you see these interviews with her, she's not bitter. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest thing. Even though you go through struggle, you don't let it sour you. Yeah. You don't get. Yeah. You still be optimistic and, and curious and open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing lady. Mm-hmm. Much respect to her. Uh, how did you find out about her? You know, I just randomly read an article about her. I think it was like some kind of anniversary of something. I think it was the Doctor Who. I don't know, something. Is it that thing? Yeah, I think. Right. And then I started reading (laughs) about her. (laughs) Discovered. See, now you don't know. There's all kinds of machines that can make those sounds. But when she was making that, there was no instruments to make those sounds. They were creating those sounds. Yeah. yeah, now those sounds come so easy to us. It's oh, yeah. easy to take it for granted, but to right. think about what it took to create that sound originally. Yeah, she had nothing to go by. Mm-hmm. There wasn't already somebody doing it and like, oh, I'll do a variation. No, she's on new ground. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And then so many songs today now use use incorporate that. Pro- and I'm probably not aware of her. Uh-huh. It's trippy yeah, about that. true. So check her out. It's D E L I A. D-E-R-B-Y-S-H-I-R-E. Wait, you Derbyshire. What year would you say that was? Well, the doctor... 40s? 50s? No, 60s. She started 
I think in the late 50s. 50s, okay. I think so. Do the Wikipedia search. Yeah. There's a lot of information <laughs> on her. People, she's finally getting acknowledged. That's wonderful. You know? Yeah, it's great. It's really great. She deserves it. But people need to know. Especially when Of course, <laughs> it's empowering. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Great thing. Great thing. I can, you know, it gives me... I remember when I was a boy and, like, there no girls in bands. Yeah. Now there's lots of None. bands. None. Yeah, it's so trippy how that mm -hmm. changed. It's wonderful. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, here's some uh, other stuff for me. This band is just... These are boys, but <laughs> they're very cool. Just bass and drummer. And they're called the Nice Sharp Pencils. Okay. I'll have you better off dead Than I have a woman like you by my side You can't get with me, you're trying to ignore it A crying wreck, you're nearly crucified I buy your lover with a shopping bag Oh, hell, that Nancy, I like 
for Pedro Show uh, that was nice sharp pencils with umbrellas then uh, oh somebody get your hatch then Dead Girl at the Punk Rock Show by the Ottomans I think they're from uh, Pennsylvania I remember doing a spiel with them last tour 
Lancaster. And, uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's called Ground Control, the magazine. Some interesting, uh, cats. Had a lot of projects going. Then we heard uh, 448 Blues by Chow. I think Chow's from Vancouver, Canada. Beautiful town. And then we heard some live stooges. Cock in my pocket. Now, uh, a couple days ago, for three days, I got to jam with Scotty Ashton. And that's the first time I got to play with him since September last year. For three straight days at this Prack Pad West Hollywood, mm. I got to wail with them, man. Just me and Scotty. It's nice. Third day, for a little while, Jesse Hughes came. He's got this band called uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice man. And, uh, my God, getting to play all that with him. Pretty amazing for me. Again, you know, mm-hmm. five and a half years I did gigs with him, and I just love that too. guy. Yeah. yeah, very sad because the last day was Ronnie's birthday, oh. the seventeenth. Wow. Ronnie's birthday, same day John Coltrane died. Wow. Yeah. It's a nice way to spend it, though, playing music yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that 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 I'm that's still very strong on me that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then we played. Uh, oh yeah, this band gave me their CD after gig. It, they were called uh, the Fuck Hits Combo, and the songs called Fucking Hits. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, um. We got some uh, music from Japan.
Okay, live from, from Pedro's show. 
That was uh, So Many Mike by uh, P. Lander Z. And then Because uh, My Mom Said So by Gelatine. Look all them people are living in New York. But they're not from there. I'm going there for a week. It's going to be sweaty, tell you. You think you're oh, bad? Yeah. Look, it's been very nice you having me aboard here. and we getting you. to do the show. And what were you saying? You've never... You've been on a lot of shows, but not a lot of... Oh, yeah, this is the most I've ever spoken on your show. <laughs> the, the biggest spiel. Usually I can hide behind someone else, but today it's just me. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much. Very thank interesting. You. And good luck on the new music, Sola Musica. Gracias. Can't wait for the new things. Everybody, it's uh, July 21st, 2009, Jason Watt from Pedro Show. I'm going to try to do a show in New York City. See who it's with. It's probably some New York people, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll try to do one. And then when I come back to Pedro, of course, another one. Do one from Central Park. Yeah. Yeah, the gig, yeah. I'll try to do good. While the gig. Okay, everybody, thanks. Uh, thank you again, Talia, for having me aboard. Thank all your animal friends here, all the uh, residents. <laughs> thank you for sharing your space with Mike Watt on Black Hill, mm -hmm. San Pedro, California. Keep your powder dry. <laughs> <laughs>